Maria, are you ready for us? I hand it over to you. Thank you very much. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the regular Planning Commission meeting scheduled for this Wednesday, November 16th. I want to welcome everybody. And uh, Director Phipps, welcome to you. If I could ask that you please provide an orientation on the public advisory for our Zoom application here uh, for our meeting and also call this meeting to order. Happy to. Thank you. Good evening, Chair Feller and Planning Commissioners. This meeting is being held pursuant to Government Code Section 54953, subsection E, and in light of the declared state of emergency, the regular meeting of the Planning Commission on November 16, 2022, will be conducted telephonically through Zoom and broadcast live on the city's website. With that, I will move to call roll. Commissioner Saad? Here. Commissioner Graf? Here. Commissioner Luxembourg? Here. Vice Chair Junius. Present. Chair Feller. Here. We have achieved quorum. Great. Thank you very much. Let's move on to item number two, which is the approval of the agenda. Uh, if I could, um, just by show of hands, ask any commissioners if they have any comment on the agenda. If not, I will take a motion to approve. Move to approve. Thank you. Do I have a second? Thank you. Could you please call roll, Director Phipps? Yes, thank you, Chair. Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graf? Yes. Commissioner Luxembourg? Yes. Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Yes, Chair Miller? Yes. Motion carries unanimously. Great, thank you very much. Moving on to item number three, uh, this is a time to make public comment on any items that are not on the agenda this evening. Um, Director Phipps, could you provide some orientation to the public on how to raise their hand in the Zoom application or on their cell phone? Yes, thank you, Chair. This is the time for the Planning Commission to hear from citizens regarding matters that are not on the agenda. Except in very limited situations, state law precludes the Planning Commission from taking action on or engaging in discussions concerning items of business that are not the agenda. However, the Planning Commission may refer matters not on the agenda to staff or direct the subject to be agendized at a future meeting. Video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. If you would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application and you will be called upon when it is your time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press star nine. Each speaker will be notified when the time has elapsed. Thank you, Chair. Great, thank you very much. And just um, for the avoidance of any doubt, have we received any public comment correspondence by email or by mail? I have not. Okay. Um, I think that we, on our agenda, there's one memo, but are there any other public comments that we've received as of tonight? No public comment in advance of the meeting, but I am seeing uh, one hand raised. Great, yeah, perfect. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, Miss um, White, Sue White, you have your hand raised. If we could unmute Miss White and um, welcome this evening. You have three minutes for public comment. If you could also turn on your camera if you'd like to do so. The floor is yours. You've got Mr. White instead. Okay. Okay. 
And so we don't screw it up. We may not turn on the camera. Uh, so first of all, thank I'll make this very quick. First of all, thank you for allowing us uh, a couple of minutes to express our concern over the uh, development of 654 Sausalito Boulevard. Uh, the most important thing is we want to thank Brandon Phipps, uh, the new fellow in charge. Sue and I and our neighbors are very grateful for his restoring the unsightly fencing around 654, which was just awful for a long period of time. Uh, secondly, he made significant moves to make sure that a tree protection plan was followed. And lastly, he assured us that moving forward, the community development uh, committee would ensure that code and standard practices were followed. A couple of questions about city code. Uh, as, as, as I'm sure you know, uh, the demolition took pretty close to three, three weeks, three months, three months. Uh, and many of our neighbors who built their own homes on Sausalito Boulevard accomplished it within days, let alone weeks or, 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 or even months. So we assume that there are some rules um, uh, about, about construction. And we'd like to know in moving forward uh, what these codes and rules are for the length of the construction um, so that we have a better idea what to expect. Um, we have another issue, which I'm sure some of you have seen driving uh, by our property. Uh, the uh, portable toilet is literally for free from the entrance to our carport. So we see this every time we take a car out and every time we bring it in. And this has been there for a long time. And I'm sure there's none of you on this committee that would uh, want that as an unsightly thing for this length of time. Hopefully it can be moved to a different part of the property. Uh, and uh, under normal circumstances, you know, uh, you would think that we would be able to communicate something as simple as this to the uh, Buttles, the uh, owners of the property. But this has been extremely difficult right from the beginning. I think this went uh, uh, sour on any kind of a relationship when the Planning Commission uh, did not approve their initial uh, plans for the house. So we can't communicate with them. Uh, they seem to go out of their way to want to aggravate us. And consequently, we have to appeal to you and the community development for anything that involves uh, fair practices and protection. Uh, so uh, that's our position. We need your help. We can appeal to them. And hopefully uh, you can help us with these requests. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Mr. White. Thank you for being here this evening. I'm just looking for any any other hands in the audience um, for any public comment for items not on the agenda this evening. I am not seeing any any additional hands at this time, so I'm going to go ahead and close public comment. Um, Director Phipps, uh, thank you for uh, working on this issue. It has come before the Planning Commission. Uh, in the past, I would like to ask that you and your staff please continue to coordinate um, uh, with the Whites and their neighbors as necessary to clarify any issues regarding the terms of the permits, both for demo and new building. Perhaps you can look into this porta potty issue and um, would ask that uh, any issues uh, that you need to bring back to this commission 
for either clarification um, or for uh, any additional discussion, you do so uh, at our next hearing. Will do. Thank you, Chair. Great. Thank you very much. Uh, let's move on uh, at this time to item number four, which is the approval of the Planning Commission minutes. We have one item uh, 4A, which is the meeting from October 19th. Uh, so I'm just looking if anybody has any comments or edits. Um, Commissioner Luxembourg, I'll start with you. Do you have any comments or edits? Uh, none. Uh, thank you, Chair Fellow. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Saad? No, no questions or comments. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Graff? No comments. Thank you. Vice Chair Junius? No comments. Great. I do not have any either. Um, I will entertain a motion to approve and a second. So moved. Second. Great. Thank you very much. Director Phipps, could you please call the roll? Certainly. Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graff? Yeah. Commissioner Luxembourg? Yes. Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Chair Feller? Yes. Motion carries unanimously. Great. Wonderful. All right, moving on to item five, which is communications. Uh, Director Phipps, why don't I hand this over to you to get the ball rolling on any uh, city staff communications, then we'll move to commissioners. Thank you very much, Chair Feller. Um, I will start us off regarding the first item, CDD staffing. Updates to the commission are twofold. Uh, firstly, the department was happy to welcome principal planner Kristen Tisch to the team at the beginning of this month. She has decades of experience as a planner in Marin County and was a former employee of City of Sausalito. She is primarily assisting the department with optimizing our processes within the planning division and charting a course forward to address our outstanding planning project permit list. We are happy to have her and look forward to working with her in the coming months. Secondly, uh, our solicitations for additional staff in CDD are ongoing. We currently have open solicitations for the role of building official, associate planner, and code enforcement officer. The last update I received regarding the building official position is we have received a number of qualified applicants, and I will work with our interim HR manager, Deborah, much more to schedule interviews in the coming weeks and we'll keep commissioners informed of any updates moving forward. Um, that does it for me for this communication item. And I'd like to pass the torch to Cecilia Muela to provide an update communication on code enforcement. Thank you very much and good evening, um, Commission Chair Feller. Uh, my update this evening is to just bring an update on the cases that we currently have open. As of last reporting period, that. Uh, we reported on September 7th. We currently have, uh, we currently had 61 open code enforcement cases at that point. Currently, we have 59 open cases. So two of them have been closed. We have made progress in noticing for some of the current open cases, most of which are building without permits, so construction without permits, getting folks in to get their permits, and and. Uh, getting those issued and out and through the process of inspections. Um, out of the 59 current open cases, 13 of them are short-term rental response cases that we are currently working with host compliance. We are going to be meeting with the cool of host compliance to go back to the drawing board and get a game plan to see where we're at with enforcement thereof. 
Um, in addition, we uh, did follow up at uh, the Bonita property with the Connex box and the um, van that was parked on the side yard. Uh, we contacted the property owner on the 11th of November, sent her a notice violation prior to then. Um, she will be removing the Connex box as of this Friday, the 18th, and we are following up with reinspection on the 30th of this month with uh, Code Enforcement Officer Erismia Costas-Topoulos. Um, in addition to that, we uh, did draft a leaf blower violation response letter so that when we do get those leaf blower complaints come in, we're able to go out, make contact, and issue that initial uh, letter stating that um, that is any legal practice in the city of Sausalito. We are working very closely with County of Marin's environmental units to follow up on substandard complaints. They take the first uh, brunt of the mediation component, working with the property owners and tenants, and then whatever isn't resolved or lands into the realm of enforcement, then we take on and, and move forward with that. Um, and that is all that I have to report tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Director Phipps, could I please ask that the full list of enforcement um, items is circulated to the commission. We've asked for this previously and have not received that, uh, but it would be helpful uh, to get that. So, so we're aware of these as well. We've, we've actually heard a number of the issues um, here at the commission have asked those to go onto the list. So we need to make sure that they are on the list. And I would just ask that we please agendize this um, for our next um, meeting so that we can actually enter into a discussion and take public comment on this as well. The public has been extremely helpful in identifying uh, enforcement issues to us as well. So uh, let's go ahead and agend agendize that um, as a business item. Will do, Chair Beller, and thank you for the feedback. I will work with CC to uh, ensure that, that we were able to meet uh, those requests. And, and Chair, while, you know, it's certainly fine for the Planning Commission to be aware of pending code enforcement cases and for city staff and city code enforcement officers to update the commission about those matters as they're ongoing, um, because the Planning Commission does have uh, enforcement powers with respect to revocation of permits, I would say that uh, to the extent that you may end up having to do some enforcement yourself. It is important that commissioners be aware that they need to keep an open mind about any pending code enforcement matters and should not make um, comments or um, statements about pending code enforcement matters uh, on the chance that they may come before you uh, at a future hearing. That's excellent advice and I appreciate that very much um, for keeping us on track here. So thank you. Uh, for reminding us about that. I appreciate it. Okay, uh, back to you, Director Phipps, um, for the other items here. Thank you, Chair Feller. I'd like to pass the torch to Rayleigh Glasser to provide a building code adoption update. Good evening, Commissioners. I'm Rayleigh Glasser, the uh, interim building official for the city of Sausalito. Um, I do have a uh, show a slideshow I'd like to present. So is, if it's okay, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. Can you guys see that okay? Yes. Yes. Excellent. Okay, so last evening we took um, the adoption of the 2022 California Building Code, uh, the second hearing to the regular um, council meeting. 
Um, and then this is just a slideshow I put together for them. This is the 2022 California Code of Regulations, also known as Title 24. Um, this is based on the 2021 International Codes. It is updated every three years and it takes effect statewide on January 1st of 2023. Let me move myself here, sorry about that. Um, so local jurisdictions can amend the state codes based on specific unique local conditions. That's uh, topographic, geologic, and climatic. <clears throat> Uh, a couple of those examples so that you know what that looks like. Uh, topographic is steep hills, so a lot of Sausalito. Uh, geologic is earthquake prone zones, um, climatic areas with limited rainfall or excessive rainfall. Um, I made some adjustments to um, amendments that were made in the past, and those are here. I can just touch on a few of them. Um, work without permits, the um, the you didn't need building permits in the past for a six foot fence that changed with the code a few years ago. Uh, it was left as a, an amendment and I changed it to the seven foot regulations. So it now mirrors the 2022 code. Um, I also removed amendment number seven, which um, somebody had previously changed the word millwork. Uh, well, the word is cabinet and they changed it to millwork. Those mean the same thing. So I just mirrored the 2022 code to reflect the word cabinet. Um, also, uh, I removed the amendment that spoke about extensions. So the 2022 and 2019 codes actually allowed the building official to grant one or more extensions. The amendment read one extension. Um, Given where we are, um, I thought that it would be best to allow for the one or more extensions. You just never know. People have things that come up, uh, deaths in families, unfortunately, and uh, issues where it's hard to get materials. So I removed the one-time extension to one or more extensions. Um, I changed the minimum hourly inspections for after hours and weekend inspections to from three hours to four hours to uh, be in line with our consultant contracts. And then I removed the need for permits to be on site. So I know if you drive around town, you'll see a permit on site. You can actually physically see it on the building. It's a very antiquated approach. Um, we all have land management softwares now. Our building inspectors drive around with iPads. Um, those were typically meant in the past so that the building of, uh, inspector could see if there was a permit and neighbors. We've made it very simple for neighbors to log into the website, um, Sausalito website, and onto the land management software to see if anybody has a permit if they'd like to know. Um, some of the major changes, there weren't a lot. They were kind of code specific, but two of the um, that might jump out at you are um, mass timber is in the code. It talks about mass timber and um, and specifically shipping containers. So mass timber construction is an energy efficient alternative to high rise and commercial buildings. Uh, oops, sorry about that. Um, lost my page. Um, it's a, a mass timber is a renewable and sustainable material for buildings for a with a lighter carbon footprint, um, lighter than steel or concrete. It has a positive environment, environmental impact and has proven to be structurally sound and strong. Also, um, over the past several years, we or a few years at least, we've seen um, people using shipping containers for apartments, transitional housing, which is huge, um, military facilities and additional dwelling units. 
And they now have and speak to shipping containers specifically in the code. So we're able to uh, see that. So um, last night, the council voted uh, to approve, uh, and these should be going into effect on January 1st. Thank you. Uh, thank, thank you, really, because this is uh, under communications. Um, it, we're, we're not in a position to enter into dialogue. Mm -hmm. um, I'll just um, make a point here, Director Phipps, that this commission has asked for funding from the city council for two years now to update the ordinances. It's the legislative mandate from the state that the planning commission actually oversees uh, the building codes and the ordinances. And um, we, uh, I'm a little bit alarmed that this did not come through the commission for recommendations to the city council, which it is standard practice. So this is somewhat circumvented the legislative mandate of the commission. So can we please uh, have a separate meeting, your, uh, myself, Vice Chair Junius, and you about this? And then separately, can we please agendize this for discussion at our next hearing? And we did. In yes. thank, thank you, Director Phipps. Yes, Chair Feller, happy to. Thank you. Thank you. And and Director um, Fitz, did you want to um, invite Melanie up for the Reach Code update as well? That was part of ours. Yeah, so we had a follow-on item um, that is complementary to Rayleigh's item, and yeah, with that, I'd like to pass the torch to Melanie Jacobson. Recording she, stop. Recording in progress. Founder and principal of ID360. Go ahead, Melanie. Good evening. Can you hear me and see me okay? Yes. Great. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. Um, Pardon me. Okay. Can you see the screen okay? Yes. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, Good evening, uh, honorable commissioners. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to you this evening. Um, my name is Melanie Jacobson. I'm principal of ID360. Uh, we are a reach code and sustainability consulting firm serving multiple municipalities throughout the state of California. Um, and we are in, dis in discussions with staff about supporting this process for the reach code development. So um, I'm just gonna go through a very brief presentation this evening to talk through what a strategy might look like to implement uh, reach codes within the city. So general strategy of what it might look like to implement these reach codes. Um, uh, we've got a couple of strategies here that I'm gonna go over. Um, the first one is to uh, develop policy criteria consistent with the recommendations in the climate action plan. So, you know, reach codes have a number of different climate related um, attributes that are typically fulfilling on climate action plan um, implementation measures. So that would be the first strategy. Uh, the next strategy is really is to engage the community to ensure all stakeholders are included. So um, from community members, um, homeowners to uh, the development community, engaging the community is a pretty important part of that uh, development process. 
Um, and then creating a policy that is progressive, but also development friendly. So doesn't necessarily interrupt the flow of um, permits at the, the counter um, and also considers the city's current building makeup. So honoring what the, you know, the, the current building makeup is. Um, and then the next one is to have clear and straightforward requirements. This is a really um, strong uh, uh, message from the community throughout the state and especially in the Bay Area to have clear and straightforward requirements uh, in reach codes. And then consistent triggers amongst proposed requirements. So it's really clear to the applicant about what applies to what kind of permit. And then finally, utilizing the, the Marin County model reach codes as a primary strategy to be consistent with the regional um, efforts going on. And this slide highlights, and I'm sure that you're aware of some of the components uh, about the County of Marin's model reach codes. So there's four primary reach codes that have been adopted by the county and available to municipalities. Uh, so the, the four include the following. So the first is all electric for new construction buildings. So this would impact new buildings uh, throughout the city. Uh, the next is electric readiness and infrastructure for new construction and renovation. So would trigger multiple different um, possible permits in this scenario. And then the third is energy efficiency and electrification for existing single family renovations. So this would impact um, a larger number of uh, permit applications, um, you know, based on the, the fact that most buildings are existing. Um, and then finally, the low carbon concrete requirements for all building projects, uh, which looks at some of the embodied carbon aspects uh, related to concrete. So this uh, timeline takes a look at a standard reach code development process. Uh, that's kind of typical for developing REACH codes. REACH codes are those that are above and beyond the state minimum. Uh, the state minimum is you know, required throughout the state and cities can take um, a REACH code position. So take a, a leadership position via an ordinance. And this is the typical process. So typically we'll, you know, we'll um, staff will begin internal develop the internal de development process. So looking at you know, what kind of uh, projects uh, the, the city currently has in, in, the, in the pipeline, as well as um, a history of the permit applications that have been um, received to really understand how reach codes would affect the local community. Um, next is, is staff meetings to discuss priorities and parameters for any studies that would need to happen related to any reach codes. Um, Subsequently, um, performing cost-effectiveness studies, which are happening at the state um, right now, and the county has also participated in these, um, which is looking at ensuring that any any um, policy that's adopted is cost-effective, um, according to <clears throat> both their state requirements related to that, but also just good policy um, practice to adopt um, cost-effective reach codes. And then the next step would be developing the reach code ordinance using the county's framework. They've outlined a, a kind of a pathway to move forward. Uh, the next would be public engagement meetings. So um, per you know, participating in the public engagement meetings that will meet the community where they are, whether that be um, remote, in person, in the night or in the day, depending on the different community members. Um, and then having that really inform the direction for the policy how, how that model reach code from the county is customized to the city. And then bringing that reach code to council uh, for adoption. 
Um, and then finally submitting the reach code for the required state filings. Um, and after that's all completed would be the target effective date. So this is a really kind of condensed version, condensed timeline of all the steps that typically take place uh, related to your reach code. And I'm um, happy to answer any questions. I understand we're in communication, so that might not be, this not, might not be the most appropriate forum, but I'm happy to answer any um, feedback or comments as they arise. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Director Phipps, I think that these, this should probably be a public hearing <laughs> under communications to allow not just the commissioners, but um, you know, the, the general public to be able to engage or ask questions as well. Um, but you know, similar to my previous comments, I mean, you know, what, what we're talking about here, and, and I think pretty much most of us here on the commission understand we deal with them every day. Uh, but I, I want to make sure uh, that this is being done uh, under the tutelage of the Planning Commission since this is the mandate that we have from the state. So I, I want to make sure that we have our ducks in a row. And if we need to assign uh, another working group or expand uh, those that we already have, then we will do so. Uh, but let's make sure that, that we are doing this in concert and not circumventing uh, a structure that we already have in place here. Um, we can talk about that separately offline and bring that back uh, to the commission uh, and to the community as a public hearing item to allow them an opportunity to weigh in on this. Certainly, Chair. Yeah, and look forward to discussing. Okay, thank you. All right, I will, uh, with, with Chair permission, I will uh, continue with communications. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, uh, can I just, say, I want to second Chair Feller's comment. Uh, that a timeline should involve some sort of formal planning commission process like we suggested on the other code uh, on any other code changes. So there wasn't a specific, there was a specific mention of the council, but not the planning commission. So I think if we could going forward, uh, include the planning commission as in the formal process, that would be uh, appreciated. Thank you, Commissioner Luxembourg. Um, so on to the next item of communication. This is in regards to Parkplex. I wanted to let the commission know that I am working with public works staff, primarily public works director Kevin McGowan and assistant civil engineer Ali Iqbal to get up to speed on where we stand. Uh, last week I read through the draft proposed parklet and outdoor dining program document and provided some feedback and input particularly in connection with how and at what price point fees could or ought to be levied on businesses for constructing a parklet outside of their business in the public right-of-way. And before moving on, I'd like to thank the Parklet Working Group for playing a pivotal role in getting us this far. Uh, particular kudos to our commissioners, Chair Feller and Commissioner Luxembourg for developing the document as it stands today, in addition to uh, Morgan Pierce, Ali Iqbal, Kevin McGowan, our in attendance this evening, uh, attorney Sergio Rudan and Greg Rubens. Um, that does it for that item of communication. Uh, on to the next, 654 Sausalito Boulevard. Um, I wanted to communicate to commissioners and members of the public that I am on the case in a sense, and we heard from uh, the White family, the neighbors earlier this evening in connection with this site. I have been brought up to speed on the situation and have taken the time to visit the site, meet with the neighbor, Sue White, 
reach out and discuss with Ben Anderson, the third party arborist, as well as the project architect, uh, Mason Woodhams. I have not yet had the opportunity to connect with the property owner, but I am in the process of reaching out and finding a mutually convenient time to meet. I look forward to corresponding with the stakeholders associated with the site and projects moving forward, as well as working to ensure an efficient and code compliant demolition and construction. Um, so that's, that's my communication on that item. And there is one uh, last item that is not formally listed on the agenda, but I wanted to bring it to commissioner attention this evening. Um, this is in regards to the scheduled 1130 commission meeting. Um, based on our existing capacities for planning within community development department and the tight timelines for provision of project materials in advance of planning commission meetings to commissioners, as well as the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday, I want to inform the Planning Commission that the scheduled commission meeting for November 30th, 2022 will be canceled. And my understanding is that this meeting was included in the annual commission calendar to accommodate project review as needed. And at this time, based on my previous comments related to project status in-house, limited capacities, tight timelines, and the upcoming holiday, it is not needed, in my opinion. Uh, and with that in mind, the next Planning Commission meeting will occur on the evening of December 14th, 2022. And I look forward to seeing you there. Um, that does it for me on communications. Chair Feller, thank you. And I will pass, pass the torch to you. Thank you, uh, Director Phipps. Thank you so much for all your hard work. Um, almost a month now that you've been in the role and already uh, we can see a tide change. So thank you for that. Uh, let's move on to reporting out to our subcommittees and working groups. And uh, we're just going to go uh, in order here as they are listed on the agenda this evening. Uh, first is the Objective Design and Development Standards Subcommittee, which uh, is comprised of myself and Vice Chair Junius. Uh, Vice Chair, would you like to report out on this? Sure. Thank you, Chair Feller. Um, our last, we finally got moving again. Uh, we had a, a um, a lot of momentum that uh, last summer and it kind of ended in August with some, um, I think there were some contract issues and some funding problems that I, I think have been resolved. And so now we're moving again. Our last uh, confab with Chair Feller, the consultants and Bob Brown uh, and I was November 7th. Uh, uh, that was the second of, of two <clears throat> meetings. There's a, a significant amount of movement and progress. I think we're very, we've got a very good draft in place right now. Um, Chair Feller has been leading the charge on the, um, uh, a variety of different um, very specific site studies that I think will give uh, the community, I think, a great uh, opportunity to see kind of what the uh, objective design standards really mean uh, when they are, are going to be implemented. Um, so we're, we're moving along. It's, it's taken a lot longer than we, we had hoped, but it is a high priority and Chair Feller and I will continue to press ahead. And please add whatever you'd like to add, Chair Feller. No, that was a great report out. I think the only thing I would add just from a time perspective is we would, I think we need to get back to brief uh, the city council and start to share some of those studies uh, probably in early January. So that's something to look forward to, to our 2023 calendar, which I know is yet to materialize, but we will need to adopt uh, that shortly uh, before the end of this calendar year, at least our first uh, one or two meetings for January um, and then approve the rest later. 
Um, but thank, thank you for that report out, uh, Vice Chair Junius, and thank you for your work on that. Um, let's, let's move on. I'm going to um, put the next two together, the uh, California Housing Legislation Working Group and the Standard Conditions of Approval for Resolutions, uh, which are two subcommittees um, that are comprised of Vice Chair Junius and Commissioner Luxembourg together. So if I could ask uh, Commissioner Luxembourg and Vice Chair Junius to report out on both. Sure. Let, let me start with the, um, the the state housing legislation, and then I'll cast it off to Commissioner Luxembourg on the um, conditions uh, portion. Um, you know, honestly, 2022 was a, just an incredible flood of legislation coming out of uh, Sacramento um, on housing issues. Um, more than three dozen bills were signed by the governor that passed out of the legislature, which is kind of just stunning. Um, so I'm certainly not going to try to go through all 36 of those. A lot of them are technical. Um, but they're very, very, um, uh, I think they're going to be, uh, you know, very um, important in the coming years in, in terms of housing production. There are a handful, about four, five, or six, that I would like to um, just briefly give um, the commissioners and the community a flavor of what's, what's going on. I think there are some interesting ones. Um, we've talked a few times already about AB 2011. This is the streamlining and ministerial uh, uh, legislation that focuses on commercial zones. Um, I, I do think there's going to be um, some significant um, movement uh, on AB 2011 with people taking advantage of that when it becomes effective, which is not until this summer. So we have a little bit of a, a little bit of time there. Um, there was also kind of a companion act that, that had a similar intent, SB 6, called the Middle Class Housing Act. Um, you know, my opinion, I don't think we're going to see much activity there because it doesn't provide quite the same streamlining um, and quite the same uh, bonuses that AB, AB 2011 does, but it uh, and it also has um, some significant labor qualifications, which I think are going to hamstring that one. But we'll see. Um, they're both um, they're both going to be effective in, in 2023, and uh, we'll see where those go. Um, the next one I wanted to talk about is I think really kind of a a sleeper one that I um, not not too many people are talking about, but um, AB 1551. This is the first time I think we're seeing. Um, the legislature connect commercial development in an effort to um, incentivize commercial developers to both work with affordable housing developers um, to um, ba basically create mixed use housing. Um, commercial, you know, density bonuses up to this point have been granted to housing projects to make housing projects bigger and to, um, and to incentivize housing developers, both market rate and affordable housing. But this is the first time um, that there's a direct bonus to a commercial development that also participates with an affordable housing developer to produce affordable housing. And that participation can either be actually building units on the commercial site along with the commercial project. So you got a true mixed use project, donating land to a, um, a qualifying affordable housing developer or even paying fees. So this creates, I think, a very interesting framework that's gonna, um, I think, create some interesting synergies and, and uh, partnerships that have just not been really that possible or that feasible in the past. Um, I've seen this a lot in my career where, you know, the market rate world and the affordable world and the, uh, and the um, commercial development world just haven't had enough incentives to work together. And this very well could be one of the new tools that will make that happen. And then just a couple of, of, of uh, more in the, in the weeds one. We, we talk a lot about um, um, accessible or, or, uh, um, ADUs, um, accessory dwelling units. There are yet another raft of changes, technical changes uh, under um, AB 2221 and SB 897 that may uh, continue to refine and try to improve the, uh, the ADU processing, um, as well as making some actual physical 
some changes to the physical requirements. Um, at this point, they are um, working to try to, you know, create situations where the ADUs don't go below a certain floor area um, and increasing the minimum height limits for ADUs. So there's lots of nuances there that I think the city's going to need to get up to speed on relatively quickly with respect to ADUs. And then um, the final one I wanted to mention was, was with respect to SB 35. Um, there, you know, there's an AB 2668 that's amending SB 35. And there's a lot of, again, there, SB 35 is a, is a, I think a very, very promising uh, law that has been used a fair amount and it's getting used more, but it still has kind of clunky requirements. And there are um, ways that, um, you know, what appear to be good SB 35 sites and projects get stuck in some of the weeds and then the weeds are hopefully getting pulled out here. Um, one of them uh, importantly deals with the Cortese list. This is the, the state managed list regarding toxic sites and hazardous soils. Um, that's been an enormous problem going forward because the Cortese list is huge and it's almost impossible to get off the Cortese list. So <laughs> a lot of very eligible sites are kind of mired in the Cortese list web of, um, of bureaucracy. And this is the first time I think we're seeing a, a way out of that. So I think there's some Cortese list uh, reform that's going to be, we're going to be seeing in 2023 that's going to, I think, make SB 35 more usable. So thanks for your patience. That's just a, a flavor of the of the large uh, raft of legislation that came out of um, of the of the uh, legislature this uh, this session. So thank you. Thank you. And I'll touch on the standard conditions of approval. Uh, I've uh, touched base with uh, Director Phipps about the standard conditions of approval, letting them know what the commission is looking for uh, in order to standardize those and simplify those and make sure that there are no errors in those. And uh, after discussion, we're gonna meet with uh, City Attorney Rudin and Director Phipps and uh, Vice Chair Junius and myself. Uh, we're gonna wait for uh, the director to get his staffing in line. So we're probably talking about something early next year, probably January, more, more likely February, where we start that process. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you both for for those updates and the hard work. That's a lot of <clears throat> for both um, subcommittees. So thank you. Um, let's move on to the Ferry Landside Working Group. Again, this is a working group that Vice Chair Junius and I sit on. Um, I'll just start with a quick report out. We've had uh, two two meetings so far with uh, Director McGowan of Public Works and his consulting team. Um, we have asked that um, the proposed design uh, with our comments, uh, which includes uh, HPC as well as uh, Planning Commission comments, actually come back to the Planning Commission. I know that there was an item last night on the consent calendar for the City Council regarding this as an update, and I believe it was pulled off. I don't know uh, if it will be heard at a later time, but we ask uh, Director Phipps, if you could please coordinate with uh, Director McGowan to make sure that that comes back uh, to the commission. Um, any other um, report outs, uh, Vice Chair? Oh, you've been on top of that one. I appreciate it, Chair Feller. Thank you. Okay, great. Uh, okay, then let's move on to HEAC, which is the Housing Element Advisory Committee. Uh, Commissioner Saad and I uh, sit on that. Commissioner Saad, would you like to start us off? Yes, absolutely, Chair Feller. Um, 
Thank you. Uh, our last meeting for HEAC was on October 13th, and we had reviewed a final draft with public comment included. Uh, we did receive over 100 um, pieces of public comment. It was a big return from our community. Um, as a note, everything is on um, the city website in the virtual binder um, for any members of the public that want to do any further review. Um, since that meeting, we have submitted um, our draft version of the 2023 to 2031 housing element um, to uh, the Department of Housing and Community Development, so HCD. It's sitting um, with the government as of now. Uh, we do have some next steps uh, lined up. These are all sort of rough estimated, um, estimated times. Um, but we will be, uh, there will be a preparation for a draft environmental impact report, an EIR. Um, it should be, I think we're anticipating a release in November and that will follow a 30 day uh, comment period. Um, we do need to set a meeting for the draft EIR, which I believe is coming towards the end of this year. It's not yet been scheduled, so that is a uh, TBD, but it should be coming, I believe, before the close of 2022. Um, that EIR will have, um, like all of them, a public review period of about 45 days. Um, so that takes us into the beginning of next year. And um, HCD's review of our draft housing element is supposed to be by the end of January of 2023. One thing that is, I think, not yet fully determined is our planning commission um, check-in of sorts. Uh, we're looking to schedule a meeting, ideally with our consultant uh, to go over the comments from HCD, including uh, you know public comment, make recommendations for city council. So a lot of work still to go um, and there should be a town hall. I believe we're gonna have one more town hall uh, I believe roughly scheduled for February. So also to be determined, but we should be having one more town hall for the whole community. We've had um, three before that brought a lot of great commentary. So we would encourage everyone um, to join once that's scheduled. And if I think I know correctly, um, Chair Feller, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the housing element would need to be adopted sometime at the start of end of March or early April. So that, as far as I understand, it would be our timeline um, from the consultant. So appreciate that. Um, am I missing anything? No, I, I appreciate the report out. Um, what the only thing I'd like to add, if 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 I may do so, uh, Commissioner Saad, is th this commission uh, needs to hear and review and comment and make recommendations for revision and do all those things. It's a quite a lot of work. Um, there's a there's a lot of information. There's a lot of detail to get through. Um, I have uh, gone back uh, as as I chair the housing element as well as this commission. I've gone back to the consultant uh, and asked uh, for greater detail and greater clarity. Uh, about her idea about what a check-in is with the planning commission, because this commission does need to sign off on on a draft housing plan. That uh, sign off and recommendation from the planning commission does need to go to the city council, and ultimately they ratify it. Uh, they may or may not take all of our recommendations, 
uh, we learned that in the general plan um, process. Uh, but there's a lot of work to be done here and a lot of reading. And so Director Phipps, I would just ask that we work offline with the HEAC consultant to make sure that this commission, uh, that we figure out a way for this commission to get completely briefed up to speed on an enormous amount of work in order for us to be able to do our work on behalf of the city and the community uh, to make those recommendations. It's, it's a heavy lift. Okay, uh, let's keep let's keep moving on. There are um, three working groups here that are comprised of Commissioner Saad and Commissioner Graf. Uh, they are 110 Fourth Street, 12 El Portal, and 52 Varda Landing. Uh, if the two of you could report out on this and please indicate if there's any further work required or if your work is done so we can retire these uh, working groups. So over to you. I'm going to let Commissioner Graf um, speak for us for 1104th, but just as a note, we had wrapped up um, 52 Varda Landing and... I just lost my agenda. Yes, thank you. El Portal, um, a meeting or two ago. So we won't be reporting out further on those. They can be removed, but um, we have concluded 1104th and um, Commissioner Graf can give our final update there. Okay, thank you, Commissioner Saad. Um, <clears throat> yes, we um, had some back and forth with the applicants regarding materials uh, they sent us uh, visual samples, and uh, <clears throat> we finally uh, got a resolution on the colors and materials uh, that they uh, submitted. And uh, Commissioner Saad and I concurred that their uh, uh, proposals were uh, acceptable, and uh, we've indicated to them that. Uh, as far as we're concerned, uh, I think they have the approvals necessary. So whatever uh, remaining administrative uh, processes uh, required need to happen. But uh, as far as our input goes, I think we've uh, finished that out. Thank you. Excellent, thank you. Um, Director Phipps, I think with the report out on all three items, uh, we can now officially retire those three working groups and um, any any additional administrative work can be handled by uh, community development and your team. And let's go ahead and remove these as we move forward with future agendas. Yes, Commissioner Saad. May I just ask um, for Director Phipps, those previous 52 Varda and 12... 12. I don't know why I can never remember it. 12 El Portal, that I believe was under Dan Hortert's um, time. And those there were some communications. Do you have everything you need or do you need anything forwarded over um, to cross that off your list? Thank you, um, Commissioner Saad, for the comment. I, I, I think what I'd like to do is, is dig into both of these and to confirm and in the case that I don't have everything I need follow up with uh, commissioners uh, particularly yourself and commissioner Graf to get brought up to speed as needed and appreciate appreciate the uh, the offer absolutely 
Well, th thank you both, um, Commissioner Graf, Commissioner Saad, for all your hard work on these three projects. So thank you for that. Um, moving on, we have parklets identified here again. Commissioner Luxembourg, did you have anything to add to Director Phipps' report out? Uh, just, a, just a note that I had provided a history of the working group process to Director Phipps and appreciate the fact that he's now taken on the, this effort and is going to work with uh, uh, the Public Works Department, those, uh, both Kevin McGowan and Ali, as long, along with working with Sergio Rudin to, to finalize the items that we had talked about at the last working group meeting. We probably might need one more working group meeting, but then we can get this back to the city council. So uh, I want to say kudos to Director Phipps for his uh, effort in this regard. I echo the kudos and also kudos to you, Commissioner Luxembourg. Thank you for giving the, the background and history and taking the time to do that. It, it's been uh, an orphan for a little while. So um, thank you for that. Um, so I've got, uh, I would like to um, appoint a new working group specifically to focus on uh, master planning efforts as we get started on that. I believe uh, Director Phipps circulated a communication I had as a follow-up to the city manager um, regarding you know, defining what master planning is and certainly defining it uh, versus um, what a general plan is. So I would uh, like to uh, ask Commissioner Saad if she would be willing to sit on a working group uh, for uh, the for master planning uh, Sausalito with me, to at least to get this started. I think the continuation of the two of us as it relates to HEAC, since that's gonna be such a huge impact to master planning is important just to start with there uh, to get this scoped and, and, and moving and working with Director Phipps and his team to at least get it scoped and moving um, um, and, and out of the blocks. Would you be willing to do that with me? Absolutely, Chair Feller, I'd be happy to. Great, thank you, thank you very much. Um, I wanna just uh, ask if, if commissioners have any other communications that they would like to share or comments. Um, Commissioner Graf, do you have anything else? Nothing at this point, thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, Commissioner Saad? Nothing further, thank you, Chair Feller. Okay, uh, Commissioner Luxembourg? Uh, nothing at this time, thank you. Thank you. Vice Chair Junius? Nothing at this time, thanks. I, I do not either, and uh, Director Phipps, any, any uh, final uh, report outs? from the department. Uh, nothing additional, Chair Feller, thank you. Okay, great, thank you very much. Uh, since that's the case, I would uh, like to make a motion to adjourn. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Thank you everybody for all your work and have a good evening. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Have a Happy Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, you guys. Everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Adios. 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 Uh, I get out of here, help. <laughs>